You're listening to the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT podcast. I'm your host and curator, Rabbi Aprom Kivalevich, and I hope you enjoy this episode. So the Zereshimshun for in preparation for Pesach in Parshas Ve'era, page Tav Kuf Tezayin. If you could see in the left column, he says, "Ubetam elu ha'arba l'shonos shal geula." It, to explain the four languages of redemption. So I talked about it earlier in the Sefer. So the, the Zara Shimshon, I'm going to try to explain this outside first, is going to develop for us a theme within the process of the Seder. And I think this is such an important thing to do because we tend, we tend to look at all the mitzvahs as individual mitzvahs and the parts of the Seder as maybe disjointed to a certain extent. What he wants is to create a running theme throughout the Seder. So he says, There are four principles which you need to connect and to become a servant of God, which is what Pesach is really about. Shehotsesi, when it says, I, I've taken you out. Shehotsesi eschem, romes liyediyas v'akaras mahus hatov v'haschar v'hara v'haonesh, is the first step is to become aware of what is good, what is reward, what is bad, and what is punishment? So step one of becoming a servant of God, not no actions, just to know the difference between right and wrong, between what God wants and what God doesn't want, what you will be rewarded for, what you'll be punished for. Shemishu b'tzar, so while someone's in pain, who tarred the matur, if that person is busy and confused, they're unable to recognize the difference between right and wrong. When a person leaves the pain, you come to knowledge. And this is so important, because as a slave, you don't get to make any choices. You don't get to make any moral decisions. It's about survival, and you do, and there is no right and wrong, because you're not in charge of yourself. And the first thing that happens is you have to start to recognize what's right and what's wrong. Was that like a trial and error type of? Like the, the servant is doing this, and if he doesn't, he gets slapped. No, no, no. We're talking about we're talking about your own choices, your free will. Then the next step that Hashem does for us is He saves us. from the service. is to make that separation. to actually separate ourselves. From the servitude of the Egyptians, on a spiritual level, from the physical level, which means step two, once you know the difference between good and evil, then you can separate yourself from evil, that's step two. The verse states, draw and take for yourself a sheep. And we say, draw yourself away from the idol worship. The word means 
to separate, to distance, to pull away. So step two is to separate yourself from bad. Again, step one is to know the difference between good and bad. Step two is to separate from bad. I will redeem you. That's the, that's the um, alacrity, the movement, the speed which leads you to cleanliness. Until you reach the level where you can bring the uh, revival of the dead and connect to Elio. Part of the step is to actually get yourself moving. To separate yourself is, is much more to, um, is much more to um, distance yourself and to walk away from. But now we're talking about motivation and getting yourself to be the kind of person who is the way you want to be. And it's this kind of attribute that God wanted when He forced us to be in a state of haste. God could have said, we're leaving tomorrow at noon, but instead, Hashem says, I want you to sit there at the table with your staff in hand and your shoes on, I want you to stand there ready to go, because that's the way that kind of people that you need to be, that you are just ready to go on a, on a, 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 the drop of a hat. I redeemed you with alacrity and with haste, all in one moment. And you'll see how this all ties together, these four steps. And then, once you've gotten, then you can become the people of Hashem. You go through the daily grind of day to day, being consistent and following through in the right way. Let's repeat those four steps once more, because it's brilliant the way he's going to tie so many different things together. Step one is to know. You become from... Um, or if you are fixing yourself in one area, or someone who's becoming uh, converting, or oral of or becoming a people, step one is just to know what the information, right and wrong. Step two is to begin the process of separating and moving away from things he's just supposed to separate from. Step three is creating the alacrity and the speed and the motivation to connect to the things that you need to connect to. And step four is following through day after day, consistently doing what you need to do. Now let's look at, uh, so he says, those are the four cups. The four cups, each one is supposed to get you, much like the Jewish people went from being slaves in Egypt to becoming the chosen people. These four cups represent these four stages. Vachanami says, now you'll understand, Yeshlanu Dalad Zaysim Shal Mitzvah, there's four Kazaysim that we eat. Shechavun Chacham and Lachal Balel Pesach. Hakazayis Arishan, the first Kazayis which we eat, who shall Amotzi Lechem, is just to be fulfill the mitzvah of eating bread, in this case matzah, on Pesach night for the Yamtiv. You know why it's bread? Because bread represents the difference, knowing the difference between right and wrong. Because without knowledge, 
without awareness, you can't know anything. So he's not really going into this at length, although we'll, we'll quote it. The halacha is that in, certainly in the days of our, um, you know, you're not supposed to daven or learn next to excrement. What about a baby? A baby has excrement in the diaper. So if the child is of a certain age, then the excrement becomes prohibited. What's the age? So our sages say, when the child is on, on the level that they eat grain. Uh, fascinating, fascinating measure. Why is that? Because um, the innocence, there's no evil inclination in a baby, but we know children have an evil inclination that comes. It kicks in when the, when the maturity to be able to eat grain kicks in. Right? There's an opinion that the tree of Adam Arishan was a, was a chita, was a wheat tree, because that creates the knowledge of good and evil. So he says, the first matzah that you eat is awareness, just to know the difference between right and wrong. When the child reaches the age where they can eat grain, at that point you have to separate from their excrement. Okay. Then at the same time that you eat this matzah, which gives you awareness, you're also eating a second kezayis from the middle matzah. That represents separating yourself from the evil. Oh. He says, because actually distancing yourself between right and wrong doesn't work the way most people would like it to work. There are no clear boundaries between right and wrong. Yes, we can all say murder is a good thing, and we can all say uh, is a bad thing, and, uh, and charity is a good thing. That's easy for us to say, but we're not challenged there. It's the areas which are so, so gray. That's where our challenges are day to day. And the eating of that matzah, the second kezayis, the one, that broken piece of matzah that we're eating a kezayis from, that represents separating ourselves from, from the evil. And it's separated too, it's broken. You know, it's right, it's right. So look at this. this. The chenami osias chametz and mamish kama osias matzah. As you know, chametz and matzah are the same letters. But one's a ches and one's a hey. It's a hair's breadth distance between them. It doesn't look like a ches. And so the second piece of matzah which we eat, which by the way we eat in one and two together as we mentioned, because the first time you eat, you eat two kizes and one from the top matzah, which represents knowledge of good and evil. And then the second matzah, the middle matzah, the smaller piece which you eat, represents the separation between the hay and the ches, knowing the difference between right and wrong. The third kezayis, that's motivation, self-motivation, inspiration, to start doing good things. That's when we were representing the eating of the Pesach and the Matzah and the Mar. What does Pesach mean? Hashem skipped over the houses. And that was eaten in haste. So that third one, the third matzah, is the eating of alacrity, of movement, of speed, of haste, to tell you that you need to really get yourself moving in order to be a better person. 
The fourth is the consistency. I eat the matzah and I don't let the taste of the matzah go away from me. Because you have to constantly be keeping with you the good that you are doing by the eating of the matzah. That's the piece that we eat at the very end of the meal because the taste stays with you. That so, actually goes very well with the answer given to the Chacham. Right, exactly. Very good, yeah. very good. That's great. So now, he's going to take this further. He says, there's four elements. Earth, fire, wind, and water. The, fund- the fundamental element of earth, that's just knowledge. Being able to plant is saying, this is for wheat, this is for barley. If you don't know, it's all a waste. Water, that's the realm of separation. Sweet water from wells, which you could drink. From salt water, which you can't drink. There is no separation, you can't drink them. And it's interesting that the first separation in all of creation is so that's that separation and distancing yourself from the negative. The ruach, the wind, Oh, who is Rezus? That's movement. Beginning. But the wind passes. It passes quickly, but there is not yet a consistency. But the fire is above them all. Hashem's word is like fire. Fire continues to burn as long as the fuel is there. It doesn't stop. It doesn't take a break. It's just all consuming. The makos are also based on those four elements, right? Right, right. Everything. He says everything ties into these four. Look at the, the four exiles. Galus Arishan, the first exile, At that point, the Jewish people were lacking knowledge of the difference between good and evil. We see that Yechaskel is trying to describe to the people what God is, because they had no knowledge of anything. Begalos Madai in media, Hikira Hevdal Sheesh Ben Yisrael Amem. That's when we differentiated between the Jews and the non-Jews. Kedachsev Imizera Yehudim Mardechayv Ot Kibel Yamater Shukul Havdal Ben Hakodesh. That's the separation between the Jew and the non-Jew. It's two exiles. They consider it to be two exiles. It's considered two separate exiles. Yeah. Which ones too? Well, Babylon, Babylon yeah. versus Persia. Is that why Persia we say, media? Uh, Even though they're a continuation of one or the other, but but the one from the other. Yeah, but they're considered the separate exile. Is that why we say La Yehudim and Abdullah? Nice. And and the, the key of Beirut was that they went to the party that's with the with the Persians. That's right, and they they didn't separate. And they right. didn't separate. Oh, very good. So that would be what Purim is all about, is the separation, but that's great. I mean, the simple reading is, because Ora, we're not, we have light, we have, we have well, but then that's great. Yeah, like Yudhimosa Ora is, is Havdalah. That's great. Well, okay. Like, I'm just like, how does it relate there, like, Yehudim, to what you say? Because Yehudim is from the Megillah, and we're saying Havdalah, the Havdalah. He's saying the four exiles, Bavel is knowledge yeah. of right and wrong, and um, Persia, or media, represents separation from what's wrong, while Greece is the next step connecting so to what's good. So we include a sentence from, from the Megillah in Havdalah because it represents the Havdalah being 
That represents going from darkness to light. That was Zeriz's motivation, doing the guerrilla warfare, the getting out there, the lighting the menorah. It was all about doing, doing, doing. I have trouble with Greece. Um, no fried chicken. There's, there's, I mean, they, they really weren't exiled. They were within... You mean what? Right, but you know, there's different kinds of exiles. And, you know, the, he's not inventing what the four exiles are. We know it's Babylon. Media agrees, but but they were in exile within the land. It's actually the only one where they were considered in exile within the land. But they were in exile. We were subjugated by by the Greeks. They prohibited the performance of mitzvahs. They prohibited um, Torah and everything. All right, uh, we're going to read uh, just the rest of this paragraph, then we'll. The fourth is this exile. This is the consistent exile. And Esav has this power because he was consistent in honoring his parents. Of course we have pockets where we do Torah mitzvahs, but we never have that consistency and constant performance. When the time will come, Hashem will redeem us. Then this exile, um, when we come out of it, it will be a constant and a forever redemption because that's the challenge of this exile. Continuing at, on, ta, on the page Tav Kuf Yud Ches, he brings a further explanation, and this is somewhat independent from what we said before. Shematzinu sheparo chata bechamisha chushav. Paro, in his guilt, transgressed using all five senses. Shebechush haraus, in the terms of sight, asu ayin arab ibnei Yisrael, we find the way that they looked at the Jewish people. As it says, pen yirba, vayakutsu kekotzim hayu be'eneim, it says, vayakutsu mipnei ibnei Yisrael, that they looked at the Jews, and they gazed at them with these hateful eyes. And that's the first step towards beginning to hate the Jews, is the way that they look at us. B'chush Hashem, then he was told, and he couldn't hear. Amalo Yudati Hashem, he denied. He said, I have not heard of Hashem. I have never heard God. And his continuing refusal to listen to God is considered a failure. In hearing, and the scent, they said, "You made our." You use a strange expression. The the uh, the uh, guards who came complaining to Moshe, they said, "You've made our stink come before Paro." In terms of taste, it says. And it says, the Jewish people complained, we remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt. How could that be? They weren't even giving them straw. How would they be giving them fish? And the contrary, their food was all limited and restricted. And all the women were able to gather water and fish and that whole story. 
Um, and the point is they didn't feed them enough, and that's the that's the sense of taste. Oh. And the sense of touch, that's the easiest one, by was all the beatings that they gave the Jewish people. That's why he gets ten plagues. And each, each sense got two plagues. There's the easy one, one of them. Darkness is clearly against sight. But also the wild animals. I will separate the land. The biggest miracle of the, of the animals was where they went and where they did not go. And says that was really a message of what they should see. And, and he's not just he's not just playing with the words. But what do we say? What was the crime of the way that they looked uh, of their vision? Was the way that they perceived the Jewish people? Mm-hmm. So now this is what changed their perspective when they okay. saw the animals going here and attacking the Gentile and not attacking the Jew, it actually affected their perspective, which is interesting, because now one of the plagues is actually to punish their vision, and one of the plagues is to correct their vision. Connect the ozen for the ears, ha'ilam kolos alokim ubarad, they have the sounds of the hail, umakas b'choros there were all the screams in Egypt. So he, it's interesting. Again, you have I thought the croaking of the frogs would be that. Well, he's he's, he's going elsewhere, but but he, um, he's saying that it's interesting. You have a similar kind of thing because it, in terms of hearing, it was hearing that Hashem is in charge. So again, one of these would be punishment, the screams, and then the bar at the hail was more to make them realize that there is an Hashem. Ukenegid mm-hmm. corresponding to the nose, ha'ilam makas adever, you had the death of the animals, which of course, the stench was the sign of that. And by the frogs it says, and the land stank. <coughs> so if they, one was a punishment directly, which was the dying of the animals, but the other one was more corrective measure, because they, um, the Jews stank in their eyes, and now it was they, and their homes that stank. Corresponding to the mouth, Haisemakas Adam was their attempt to drink water and turn into blood. Megamakas Arba and the locust, Sha'achal Kal Ace of Arts, which ate all the grass of the land. There was nothing left for them to eat. And that's when the servants came to power screaming, Don't you know that Egypt is being destroyed? And there was a marshal that they were happy at first because they eat locusts, but they all spoiled. They right. couldn't even eat them. Right. Connect uh, very good. That fits exactly with what he's saying. Connect chusha in the sense of touch. Hayashchin porech was the boils, ababuas, which you know bubbles. Omakas kinim and the lice. So the boils and the lice were punishment. And this is just an amazing shot on its own. Not just where he's going to take it next, but an amazing thing that this, the five senses which we find the Egyptians sinned with, and each of the plagues corresponds to these senses. Then you'll ask, but then it should only be five plagues. Why is there two plagues for each? That God came to punish them from above and below. 
and you can do this yourself, see if you can figure out how each one of these breakups, one is from above and one's below. You know, for example, the, uh, the, the frogs and the, and the uh, plague of the animals, you know, things like that, those are hard ones. So go through them and you'll see one is more of a heavenly retribution and one is more of an earthly retribution. That's why when we celebrate our redemption, we have five cups. But the fifth cup isn't really the same obligation. In fact, we don't drink the fifth cup. Why would we have a fifth cup if we don't drink it? Yeah. He says, because that last one, which is the sense of smell, where they said, you made the Egyptians stink in our eyes. That's actually caused, not by Paro directly, but they were saying that you, Moshe and Aaron, have caused Paro to see us this way. And in fact, that stench that the Jews were in the eyes of the Egyptians was actually a step within the redemption process. Because before... Breaking down, they have to be at the highest place. That now that this has happened, now they can be redeemed. And this is the next thing he's going to say. It's just beautiful. He says, The fifth cup, As we know, the first four cups represent the four redemptions, meaning counting Egypt. So Egypt followed by Babylon, followed by Persia, followed by Greece, but the fifth cup represents the final redemption. And we haven't had it yet. We can't drink that cup because we haven't actually experienced that redemption. Also, it's about your nose, the Rach Nikolach is the Karbanos, which brings us closer to that moment. He's going to say a little different. He says, as we know, that the... Um, Mashiach is associated with a sense of smell. Each of the redeemers is associated with a different sense. So he says, When the page the prophet describes the Mashiach as being able to smell. He will smell of the fear of God. And actually, Bar Kochva. When he claimed he was Mashiach, the rabbi said to him, well then, can you judge based on smell? The point is that we can't, we can't, the um, same obligation as the next. Uh, he doesn't go into this over here, but it turns out, we know that the sense of smell is actually the most spiritual of all the senses. So that's why it's not so connected to, to, to the exile. And that's why we can't drink that fifth cup. Exactly. You just leave it. Right, but the simple the simple um, thing is that you just fill it and you just pour it back later. So he says, listen to this, the first cup you drink, is related to the sense of sight. We know you're supposed to look at the wine during Kiddush. And also, the first cup is made when you see that the night has fallen, that the stars have come out. 
So the first cup is related to the sense of sight, which is actually the first thing that the Egyptians did, was they saw us in a certain way. That anti-Semitic look corresponding with the makos of Choshech and the makos of Arav, of the wild animals. The Kos HaSheni, the second cup, Neged Chush HaShemah is related to the sense of hearing, which is when they refused, power refused to hear that there's a God, and the Egyptians refused to listen to let us go. So we drink the second cup after we have heard the answers to the questions of the Seder. After we have told our children and spoken to them, and therefore we're using the sense of hearing, then we can drink the second cup. Because unlike Paro, who couldn't hear that there's a God in the world, and refused to listen to God, we are able to hear. And when we reach that place, we drink the second cup. The third is the sense of taste. So if eating, which is their, they sinned by refusing to feed us, by starving us, and as a result of that, they were punished, that their drink was taken away with the blood, and their food was taken away by the locust, so we now eat and drink, and we bench. And after benching, we're now at that place, and we drink the third cup. Koseravi, the fourth cup, Naget Chushamishush, is the sense of touch. Shabal Gomer Mesahalel, now remember the sense of touch was their actual beating of us. And they were punished with the sense of touch with the boils and the lice. And so we recite Halal to celebrate Atzabehem Kesavizov, that their idols are all silver and gold. Shabavaduzara Emba Mamish, because the idols are just physical while our God is spiritual. So he says, We know there's five stages to make matzah where you're supposed to watch the grain. And Shas Ktsira when you harvest, Shas Disha when you thresh, Shas Tehina when you grind, Shas Nisha when you knead, Shas Afia when you bake. That's knead with a K. And we know that there are five different grains that you can use for matzah. Five different vegetables that you can use for maror. Why is everything like that in five? The answer is because we have five senses. And it was the five senses which the Egyptians sinned with, the five senses which the Egyptians were punished with, and the five senses with which we celebrate. Because this is all to allude that on this holy holiday we are to sanctify ourselves. To serve our Creator with all five senses. Because when you destroy the chametz, and you still have almost a week and a half to destroy the chametz, you're not just supposed to be looking for Cheerios. You're not just supposed to be taking a piece of bread and throwing it in the fire. You're missing the whole upper half of Pesach. Yechave na Adam, because a person is supposed to intend. Levayer hayetzahara, to destroy the evil inclination within you. The chalcitra de misavusa, and all the aspects of impurity. The, the sa'or, the leavening represents the evil inclination who is causing rotting inside of you and causing you to rise, to feel haughty and to feel entitled to do as you please. 
That's what spiritually we're supposed to be working on when we are destroying the chametz. It's not just a physical mitzvah. It's a spiritual mitzvah. You're not just working with the body and its five senses. But we know your neshama has five parts. You have a nefesh, a ruach, a neshama, a chaya, and a yechida. Those are the five levels, and it would require a whole class just to break down what those five are. But they are the different, there's five parts to your soul. Because there's five parts to your soul, that's why you have five senses, not the other way. Because there's five parts to your soul, that's why you have five senses, and you're supposed to sanctify yourself on all five levels. The worship of the five senses, how do they correspond to the five souls? Yeah, that's a complicated thing, but... It would be... It, it, well, touch would be the most physical, <coughs> right. right? It would be, uh, then there's some debate whether hearing is higher than seeing. It's a, it's a complicated process. Maybe we'll work on that another time. So he says, but also Zman is Kachi Yisrael. That's why the Jewish people sanctify themselves. For Yatsu Minun Share Tuma to leave the 50 levels of Tuma, Hanu Chamesh Pa'amim Eser, because there's 10 aspects to each of the five. So, when the Jewish people, the 50 levels of Tumah, would have meant a full corruption of their sight, of their hearing, of their smelling, of their mouth, and of the, and of the sense of touch. And they were at 49 on the edge of not being able to bring themselves out of the darkness that they were in. And it's all these five cups and the, all these five stages of making matzah and the five different kinds of matzah and the five morrows that are meant to correspond to each of these levels of the soul. Again, the last one, I wonder what the last sense was that got us out, the seeing of the hand. I would imagine if the, I would assume that the sense of smell is the highest and therefore it would be some kind of, you know, just sense that the neshama had. Of uh, pun intended. And there's ten um, stages. Are you saying it's like ninety percent and nine tenths? The forty-ninth was short of the fifty. There's nine tenths, so to speak. Right of the fifth, the fifth step. Sense. Yeah, yeah, of the fifth sense. There's ten steps to making bread. That's why we hold the chal with ten fingers. So it's like dividing by ten. You know, you expand it by ten. That one has ten steps. Right, and five of those are listed here. Right, right, right. Because because right. it's really five times two, upper and lower. Right, that's right. why this ten macro is broken up into two pairs, pairs of five. Uh, yeah, right. And it, is the, the fifth sense being smell? Is that also related to the uh, to Gan Eden, where smell was not re- related to the? Event? Yeah, yeah. That's what the Dr. Nir mentioned before. That that was the only sense that they didn't use in the original sin. So, V'od, and then he finishes this, the final paragraph here. V'od, V'pirke Rabbi Eliezer, Rabbi Eliezer Omer, Chamisha Osi Yashenichbalu B'Torah, B'Osi Yizkulam Yisod Geula. This is also a complicated thing, so we're not going to spend too much time on it. But the Pirke de Rabbi Eliezer develops this idea that there are five letters which can be written two ways. Either, if they're in the middle of a word, they're written one way, but if they appear at the end, they're called the letters the Sophios. Sophi- those Sophios letters... Um, meaning the Chaf, the Chaf Sophis, the Mem Sophis, the Nun Sophis, the Pei Sophis, and the Tzadi Sophis are very, very powerful letters. They are letters which close off and finish off and restrict. Typically, they're considered a sign of severity, of harshness. 
and they are considered judgment because they cut things off. And you know, you can add a letter to any word and make a new word out of it until you put a sophis. Once you put a sophis, there's nothing more that you can add. And so these letters are typically seen as very harsh and very difficult. But that kind of power, gavura, severity, judgment, isn't bad. It needs to be channeled the right way. So we're told that each of these letters is connected to each one of the redemptions, without going into the complexities of it. But the letter pay is um, which has the regular pay and the peso fees is considered to be associated with the Egyptian exile. Uh, the peso the fees is one of the harshest of all the letters because it's what closes Aleph, peso fees is af. Af is anger, and that's wrath. You, you, if you haven't heard this before, I guarantee you've never noticed this. In all of your Shmona Esrei, from Baruch Atta Hashem until Hamavarech Es Amo Yisrael Bashalom, you won't find a single face of his. It's the only letter that doesn't appear in all of Davening, and uh, in fact, it never appears in Shmona Esrei, ever, except for one kind of Shmona Esrei, which should be easy to guess, but I'll give it to you anyway. Musaf. Because the word Musaf actually has a face of his at the end of it. Because when you are in the high spiritual place of Musaf, you can take even the face of his, this harsh judgment representing the wrath, and even elevate that towards the good. So Moshe shows up and says, people, there is not going to be any more Af. Instead, we are going to have Pakod Yifkod. We're going to use the Pei to leave Mitzrayim. The pay, the mouth, but the open pay, we're going to take that harsh judgment and bring it back to a safe place. And the pay is how you express anger, and like you said, it's what it is. Right. Because you use your mouth. Right. But now we're allowing more to come. So he says, Take a look in your Agada, and you'll look at this, you'll see there's ten terms, five of them negative, and five positive. Shem neged hei gevur, so representing the five judgments. Vehei chasadim kiyadu aliyodim. But Torah nitnam chamisha kolos, and the Torah was also given with five times the word kol. Ve'ot ki sipur, so tzipur yitzias mitzrayim, hu lehotzia dvarim min hapeh. We're supposed to speak the words, because yitzias mitzrayim, as he said, the five redemptions, the five exiles related to the five final letters, Mitzrayim associated with the final pay. So we're fixing that by opening our mouths and speaking. The whole process of the night is really about words. Besod Pesach. Pesach, the speaking mouth, can know that. The whole Yomtev is named after the pay because it's Pakod Yivkod, we're taking the letter pay. And the, as opposed to the final redemption, which is going to be through the letter Tzadi, as it says, Tzvi la Tzadik, and that's why Mashiach is referred to as Tzamach Tzadik, because the Tzadi Tzadi. So he says, the word Haggadah. Haggadah, hey Gimel Dalad hey. Which besides the fact that it starts with a hey and ends with a hey, but the numerical value of the word Haggadah is 17. 5 times 17? 85. Olapeh is peh. 
So five times, meaning if you do all five within the Agada, it equals 85, which is the fixing of the mouth. And he says, and you have five parts of your mouth that do the speaking. There's the throat, the palate, the tongue, the teeth, and the lips. So there's five parts of your mouth that are doing the speaking, corresponding to all these five, as all of this fits together in the correction of the five senses and the five parts of your neshama, which the Egyptians were exiling through the five different levels of crimes that they were committing. He blunts his teeth. Interesting. Very nice. Okay. Okay, so, so again, to, to remember all this is very difficult, but to at least capture the, the basic concept here, which is that he's saying that all these things, there's a, there's a reason, there's a system. If you can see into the depths of the Haggadah, you would see that the pattern being created here is so perfect, how it all fits, how it all intertwines in this way. But the point is that it's all not just an exercise of the mouth. You have to remember the lesson that he made. So you have to take it back to the neshama. You have to be ready to come out after Pesach a better person, a changed person, a more spiritual person, and a more dedicated person. And whether it's the previous Torah which he said about the four ways of connecting to Hashem, or the five ways that we are challenged, that we face difficulty, we have to destroy the Yetzirah that's within us. May we merit that we should be able to lift ourselves up and experience and truly capture the light which comes down, which we're all able to access on Pesach night. Thanks for joining us for another episode from the Yeshiva of Newark at IDT Podcast. Be sure to subscribe on your favorite podcast app so you don't miss a single episode.